Today, what I'd like to talk to you about is the principle of the first. Once you see the principle of the first in Scripture, it's like fruitfulness, you can't unsee it. You'll go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and you'll just keep seeing it. Now, um, one of the reasons why I want to teach you about the principle of the first is because when you make God the first and when you understand about how God is by nature, he calls himself the Alpha, the first and the last. By nature, it's his nature to have priority and first. When you learn this principle, the principle of the first, he births faith in your life. And the reason why he wants to birth faith in your life, because that's the only basis on which you can have a relationship with him. Many of us think faith is there, you know, it's just our belief. It's not. It's the bridge and vehicle for relationship, and God would rather die than not have a relationship with you. That's what Easter's about. He would rather die than not have a relationship with you. Do you understand that? He absolutely wants a relationship with you. He loves you so much. When God daydreams, he daydreams about a relationship with you. I don't know whether God daydreams. I just made that up. <laughs> I was once in a car journey with a youth leader, and, and it was actually a really colleague, a really good friend. They're fantastic people. They're going to be missionaries in Japan. And um, he, he, he was giving me a lift from church to my house. Now, Church was, you go down the road, do a little zigzag, round and roundabout, but then you get on this main road, you go up the road, turn left, right, that's my house. Up the road, turn left, right, that's my house. We are, we are in this car, and he goes, does a little zigzag, round the roundabout, he starts going up the road, and then he goes right, round behind the hospital, down past the factory, does another left, says, oh, I'm just missing traffic, and I'm thinking, this guy He's going all over the place to take me home. And then he goes round back of McDonald's, back up the road. By now I'm getting frustrated. Are you one of those uh, back seat drivers, side seat drivers where, you know, if you know the directions, you're forever giving directions? Are you married to one of those people? Okay, what's it like? Okay, you need to come on May the 13th and marry someone else. And I was just getting frustrated. And then I started to reflect, why is this happening? And, and a little bit to my shame, I didn't realize. In fact, in the end, I said, can I just get out of the car and walk home? We were going a long way around. And afterwards, I reflected, you know what? He just wanted to spend time with me. He wanted to tell me something. I was too focused on the directions. He wanted to tell me something about his calling, about his going to Japan. And I'm going, you know, he went left, you know, he went right, he's going right. And he's trying to tell me something. And, and today, what I want to do is, I kind of want you to see the behind why God is asking you to do something. Now, I've just said it, but I'm going to unpack it. We have to begin to see, well, God, why do you ask us to do that? What are you trying to tell us? I want to share with you today a principle that runs all the way through Scripture. Now, is it okay if this is a Bible sermon? 
Okay, not three points in a poem, but like we're getting to the Bible. Is that okay? Now, it's called the principle of the first. Everybody go with me to Exodus chapter 13. I want you to stay there with me for a moment. The principle of the first, when God is first in our lives, everything gets into order. How many of you know that? Your job, your marriage, your emotions, your ministry. When God is first, everything works. Uh, can I see an amen on that, you know? Everything works. When God is not first, everything gets out of order. Get, things get kinked. Things don't really work. I'm, I'm not saying that we don't have any problems. Remember, Jesus put the Father first in everything he did. He, he put the Father first and he made you a priority in everything he did. And look what happened to him. But what will happen if we put God first? We will have a mechanism to navigate through our difficulties and overcome. I said, and overcome. We will, even though you're going through some things. Exodus chapter 13. I want to read this. It's a little bit technical, so stay with me now. Exodus 13, verses 1 and 2, read like this. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb amongst the Israelites belongs to me, says the Lord, whether human or animal. Everything that's first is mine, says the Lord. Go to verses 12 and verse 13 in your Bible or on your device. It'll be on the screen too. You are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. If you're with your oldest child right now, just say, you're his. Okay? And I'm not having you back. No, don't say saying that. You are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Now watch this. Verse 13. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. If you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn amongst your sons. Let's get into the principle of the first. The language here is very strong. Everything that's first is his. He is trying to teach us something of how a healthy uh, nature of relationship works with him. Now, let's look at the nature of things. Just follow along with me. The firstborn is either sacrificed or redeemed or bought back or something paid for that firstborn. The firstborn is sacrificed because in fact, sacrificing that firstborn, you are saying that nothing is before God in your life. Nothing has a hold on you. You've waited a long time for this. You have prayed for this. You have thought about this. But when it comes, you're saying, I'm giving it to you, Lord, because I don't want anything to be in front of you. That's a sacrifice. The second thing that happened there is in redeeming the firstborn, you are saying uh, that you need God's touch to help you on everything that is of you. That, that you're saying, Lord, uh, I'm, I'm sacrificing for this because I want you to touch everything about this. God gives us an example here of two types of animal. 
They represent two states. The lamb was a, a clean animal that must be sacrificed to show that you trusted God in everything. The donkey was an unclean animal that needed to be redeemed or paid for in order to show that you needed God's touch on everything. Do you know there are some things in your life that you need to say, God, would you redeem that? I'm sacrificing this to redeem that so that I just want you to know I need your touch on everything about my life. The firstborn clean was sacrificed to say, nothing's got a hold on me, God. The firstborn unclean was paid for to show that everything I have needs the touch of God on it. You're following with me? Are you with me, church? I wonder where you and I, this is a talkback sermon, by the way. Um, were you and I born clean or unclean? Uh, some of you are thinking, oh, I don't know. I think I'm pretty good, actually. <laughs> Just to help you, and, and your children are lovely, by the way. Uh, let me talk about my kids. Your children are beautiful. Did you have to teach your children, did I have to teach my children to be good or bad? I didn't really have to teach my children to be bad. That just happened. Although my children are lovely. We have to teach our children to be good. They need redeeming. You see, there needs to be something for, for them. Do you realize that what, what this represents? Jesus is God's firstborn son. He's clean. He never thought anything bad. He never did anything bad. He's clean. We're unclean. And now, those of you who are into positive self-esteem, I, I get it, but we are unclean, and therefore the clean was sacrificed for the unclean. Somebody say amen. And that's what Easter's all about. Jesus was born absolutely clean so that he could redeem us who are unclean. You see, God wants us to give him the first portion of things because it positions your heart right so that you can be in right relationship with the rest. A farmer who had a donkey would sacrifice one of his lambs to redeem or pay for that donkey so that the other herd of donkeys and all the rest of the donkeys, they were all right. And he was saying, you know what? I just want God's touch on all of everything that I've got. Jesus, the clean one, was sacrificed for us so that we could be redeemed and so that we could belong to him, so that God's touch is on our lives. God wants us to give the first portion of things to him because it positions our heart right and puts us in good relationship with the rest. But it also makes the rest useful to God. It's a faith step without the guarantee of what might happen with the rest as we give it to God. God's done nothing different for himself than he's done with us. God gave us Jesus now listen to this. While we were still sinners, 
when we were smacking him, when we were spitting on him, when we were angry at him, God didn't say, oh, hang on, I'll just wait and see if they take on a few principles, then I'll allow Jesus to die because I think this thing is going to work. He didn't do it that way. He said, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us to redeem us. It's almost like Jesus is God's tithe. That he gives it first in faith and saying, I'm just giving it. I'm just giving him. You see, I know I was talking to you about tithing last week, but tithe's not this legalistic thing that we just do. It's about the first It's about putting God first. It's about the heart. It's about positioning all the rest so that after the first is given, all the rest is redeemed. That's a principle that runs throughout the whole Scripture. The first portion is the redemptive portion. Understand something, how God's economy works. Now, let me give you the main lesson. God wants you to give the first to him as a love thing, but also to build faith in your life so that he can have a relationship with you. Come with me through the scriptures. Come come with me. The first fruits must be offered. Go to Proverbs with me. Proverbs chapter 3, and we'll read verses 9 and 10. Again, we're going to see this principle. It's about heart positioning, about the proper place of what we do with our time, with our talents, with our efforts, with our career. Who's first in your career? Is it your boss or your heavenly father? Now, don't go into your boss tomorrow and say, my heavenly father, he's told me that I don't need to obey you. Don't do that, because that's not what the father's saying. We have to see this place where we see our efforts. Do we see it as self-effort or we do it, do we see it that the Lord is enabled to do the things because he's first in our lives? Are you there with me in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10? Look at this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Notice the language here. It's heart language. It's honor the Lord. That's heart language. That's honoring the Lord. It's an honor thing. And understand that Proverbs was written hundreds of years after the law. Run with me to Exodus chapter 23. Look at verse 19 with me. Walk along with me in your Bible. I know it's on the screen, but you look at your Bible too. Exodus 23 verse 19. Bring the best or first of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Notice that you have to bring your tithe or send your tithe to a location, the house of the Lord. We've got to get away from this idea that the tithe is ours to distribute. You know, I pay for the orphanage or I, I send it to uh, some of my family or, or I, or I uh, pay some Christian education school or something. The tithe is not for you to distribute. Notice that the Bible uses the word bring the first fruits. Now, we can bring it electronically. You know, we can send it that way instead of give. Because you can't give 
what isn't yours. It doesn't belong to you. We can only bring to God's house. You don't give your tithe, you bring it. You're actually uh, not giving what doesn't belong to you. You bring it. Now, I know this might seem strong, but as your pastor, I want you to understand a principle because here's the principle. God is asking you to bring something of first so that he can build faith so that he can have a love relationship with you. That's the reason. Go with me to Joshua. Look at this. This is an amazing thing. Joshua chapter 6, verse 19. The principle of the first. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And God is after the first place in our hearts. Joshua 6, 19 says this. All the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord. They must go into the Lord's treasury. Everything that they picked up from Jericho, they put it all in the treasury. Why didn't God say, fellas, conquer all the land and then give me the tithe? No. Jericho was the first city you conquered. I want everything from there. And I do that because it's the first city in the promised land. Don't do that after we've conquered it, I'll give you something, Lord. No, let me have everything from the first city you conquer, and then the rest will go well with you. It takes faith to believe that God can do with the 90 what you couldn't do with the 100%. What, with the choices we have of bringing the first to God, God is not just exercising his ability to say, I'm stronger than you, I'm bigger than you, and I just want to make this rule over you. No, he's trying to communicate his nature to you about how much he values you when you give him the first, because he is the first one. He's trying to make you like him. And once you see this principle, it will help you through all of your life. Come with me to Genesis chapter 4. Just follow along with me again. Uh, Genesis chapter 4 verses 1 through 7 tells a story of two brothers. They possibly could have been twins actually. They're grown men, uh, Cain and Abel. Verse 3, it says this. In the course of time, Cain bought some of the, fr of the fruits of the soil in a, as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also bought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of the flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel's offering, and he, but on Cain's offering, he did not look with favor. Now Cain was angry about this, and his face was downcast. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? What is your why is your face downcast? If you do what's right, will you not be accepted? But if you do, what, if you do not do what's right, sin is crouching at the door, and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. You've got to shut that door. Now, Abel was a herdsman. Cain was a farmer. Why did God accept Abel's offering and not Cain's? Look at that phrase, verse 3. In the process of time, Cain bought an offering. It wasn't first fruits. 
It wasn't the first. It was, oh, when I get round to it, I'm going to give God some. I'm going to tick a box and think, well, the old guy upstairs wants a bit of an offering, so I'm going to keep granddad God happy. No, Abel said, this is my first lamb. This is my first cattle. And I'm giving my first to God. You see, what can happen when we don't do the right thing is that we open a door in lots of other areas too. In fact, Proverbs 19 verse 3 in the NLT says it this way. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then they get angry at the Lord. You know, sometimes we do something wrong in one area and we get mad at God at something else. It's a bit like London drivers. Me and Kathy have noticed something about the drivers in London. Do you, you notice they beep their horn a lot? Now, in India, they beep their horn as a politeness to say, dee, dee, I'm here. In London, it's like, you did something wrong. And we're thinking to ourselves, surely the amount of beepage cannot add to what has just been done. They must be mad at something else. Now, come on, confession time, it's church. <laughs> Have you ever beeped your horn? And actually, you're really mad at somebody else. Oh, it's gone really quiet. For those of you watching online, the atmosphere, you can cut it with a knife. Sometimes, when we do something wrong in one area, we start blaming other people in another area. Isn't that true? Cain... You didn't bring the first. You got angry at yourself. You got angry at God. And actually Jude 11 in the book of Jude tells us that it was this short-cutting rebellion that actually your heart positioning was such that you ended up murdering your brother. How does it become like that? You see, if you don't keep God the first, if we don't bring the first, if we don't keep the right relationship, we can open the door to so many other things. Hebrews 11 verse 4 tells us that Abel gave his offering in faith. He didn't know how the rest of the flock was going to go. He didn't know how things were going to go, but he bought his offering and said, I'm putting you first, God, and the rest is up to you. You see, because here's the principle. God wants you to bring him the first, so he can create faith in you because he wants a relationship with you. And without faith, it's impossible to please God and have a relationship with him. Come on, somebody give him a clap off for him. He loves you. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. It's not that God wouldn't want to accept Cain's uh, life and offering, but he needed to learn that the first was important. This principle is first is, is the, the first fruits is represented in the New Testament by Jesus. God gave this to us in Jesus. God gave us his first son, his best son. In fact, Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 says it this way. The son is the Im image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. 
1 Corinthians 15 verse 20 says it this way. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits to show those who have fallen asleep. God is trying to teach you, be like me. Be what I'm like. God gave his best so that we could give our best. You know, John 3.16 could have been translated and written like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his firstborn and first fruit, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Once you see the principle of the first, you can't unsee it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. The rest will be positioned right. Everything, you'll be in right relationship with it. You see, the tithe must be first, because the principle of the first represents not just something to do, but it represents the nature of God and what he's done in Jesus. And it's about heart positioning. That's why we say the tithe is a first. It's a first in our priority in our finances. We all say that God is first in our lives. We would all say that. But, you know, what we spend our money on, what we, what we spend our time, what we do, it, it kind of actually shows us where our treasure is. Your, if your heart will be where your treasure is. So if your career is the first in your life, your heart is in your career. If your education is the first in your life, your heart is in your education. You can say that it's with God, but actually... It's where your treasure is, what you value, what you prioritize. That's where your heart is. It's not the other way around. That's why our tithe is the first. It's a response, a heart giving to the Lord. I'm trying to teach you a principle behind something that many of you do so that when you do it, it builds faith in your life, not just duty. Is that okay, church? I'm actually trying to... Release you from a duty thing to a faith thing. Leviticus 27 says to verse 30 says, The tithe of everything from the land, whether grain, uh, from soil or fruit, or from fruit trees, belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. This is why we say that tithing is both a provision and a protection over you because you're coming into this relationship where God is first. I don't know about you, but we all want to add. You add things up in our favor, don't you? Do you ever go to the builder's merchant and they say, that'll be 10 pounds plus VAT? I never add on the VAT. I always look at the price and think, oh, do you, do you ever miss out the VAT? <coughs> now, there are some of you out there, so of course I always add the VAT. I'm very detailed, me. Or some of you go shopping and you say something like, oh, it's 25% off. And so you think you're saving money. No, you're actually spending 75%. You do realize that, don't you? I went to the supermarket the other day, and they had bog-offs, you know, buy one, get one free. And I said, well, can I have the one free, and I'll leave the buy one here? <laughs> and they said, bog-off. No, no they, you know, they said, you know, sometimes... We're always trying to do a deal, and we're always trying to be clever, aren't we? You know, some of us think if it's 75% off, we're making money. You're not. You're spending 25% of the price. 
If God said to you, give me the first, give me the first of your heart, your talent, your time. I once had a pastor once say to me, or I asked the pastor, I said, oh, do you pray in the mornings or pray in the evening? And, and he said to me, does an orchestra, does it tune up after the performance or before the performance? I started praying in the mornings. Now, you might pray in the evenings, ready for the next day. That's fine. And actually, we're supposed to pray throughout the whole day. But if, you, if God said to you, give me the first, give me the first of your talent, give me the first of your time, give me the first in your relationships. You do realize that I had, a, I had two girlfriends before Kathy. It's confession time. Don't worry, it was not a big affair. It was in primary school. I was only eight. I was only eight. But it doesn't matter whether you're on your second wife. The wife you have now has to be first. You see, the principle of the first positions the rest. After Jesus, Kathy is my first love. Our relationships have to have a first in them. I wonder who your first is. I wonder if your wife's sitting next to you today or someone in the building and she's saying, I don't feel first. I feel like I'm down the, down the priorities. You see, the principle of the first will position the rest. If God said to you, if you give me the first and I'll make sure that I'll provide for you in every way with your money, some of you would still go, hmm, let me think about it. Because by nature, we hoard and we go for safety. It takes faith to give the first part. It doesn't take any faith to pay your electric bill, then give God something. And God is trying to produce in your life faith so that you can have a relationship with him. Abraham and Sarah, they, you see, once you see the principle of first, you see it in lots of stories. Abraham and Sarah, they, they prayed and prayed for a son and Sarah's womb was worn out and she laughed when God said that, that God would give her a son. And, and when he gave the, that first son, that only son, that beloved son, God said, would you give him to me? And Abraham takes him up on Mount Moriah, which is very similar to where Calvary is. And it's a symbol of what God does later. And he says, will you sacrifice that first son? And he, and he was going to do it. And that's the model. He's saying, Abraham, in faith, give me your first. It, it, just, here, here's a scenario. So you get paid 200 pounds every month. Some of you are saying, if only. Some of you are saying, ah, that would be terrible. So this was your salary, okay? 200 pounds. Count it out with me. This is a talkback sermon, okay? 20. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for watching. 40. Everybody, come on the balcony. 80. 100. Don't go too fast, madam. You're going to... 120. 140. Come on at the side. 160, 180, 200. Which note 
is the tithe. Uh, is it that 20, madam? No, it's not, madam. Any 20 won't do. A tithe of 200 indeed is 20. But you could say, pay the electric, pay the water, pay the energy, pay the groceries, and when if I get round to it, I'll give the, the last 20 to God. That's not a tithe. Which note, actual physically, is the tithe in this one? It's that one. That redeems the rest. That makes the rest in right relationship with your heart, and it makes the rest in right relationship with God, it makes the rest holy and clean before him. Now I know that some of you got your bills going out all on a particular day of the month and you're, some of you sent to the church and please don't get freaked out if your mortgage happens to go out and you go, oh no, my tithe went out second and we're under a curse. We're not being legalistic. It's just that in your heart you're prioritizing things for him. It's the first part that redeems the rest. I, I just wonder whether the way that we are living, the way that we do economics, is actually impacting and changing our children. I wonder if our example, the way that we live our lives and the way that we use our money, the way that we believe God, is, is changing the people around us at our workplace. Not that we trumpet everything we do, but when people ask us, I wonder if what effect it's having by the way that we're living is shaping the next generation. I wonder if when they see our faith and our faithfulness, whether that puts something in their lives so that they can have confidence for the future. And so they look at their parents and say, God always looked after them, he's going to look after me. You know, in Exodus 13, the chapter we started with, and with this I'll finish. I'm going to ask the worship team just to come in a moment. But it says, in the days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. I've seen my parents be taken care of. I'm going to be taken care of. You know, when we think about as we go into Easter, the way we live and because we're grateful for what he has done, because we see that Jesus was the first fruit to redeem us, the way that we live is going to change those who follow on from us. You see, the principle of the first is all the way through Scripture, and I've repeated this lesson throughout my whole message, God doesn't want to you to give him the first just because he's bigger than you and he's stronger than you. In fact, it's completely the opposite. God wants you to give him the first in your time, your treasure, and your talent, in your testimony, and with your money. He wants to give you the first because he's saying, will you place me first? Because that takes faith and as you exercise faith, I'll come close to you and you'll come close to me. You see, can you give God first place, first priorities, first fruits 
first tithe. Because it will redeem the rest. And because God's trying to make you like Him. Jesus went before us. It becomes our first fruit offering and He goes before us. It becomes an example of, of who we are supposed to be. On this day, the crowds were crying, Hosanna, save us. Not realizing that Jesus was saying, you know what, I am going to save you. And in that massive crowd of Hosanna, that was at the start of the week, but at the end of the week, he, he had an intimate gathering. In fact, it was the night before he was crucified. And in the night before he was crucified, he gathers the disciples together and he says, I want you to be like me. I'm going to break bread. I'm going to give you wine. But then he says, come and be, come and be with me, Sadiq. Come and bring a chair. You see, in, he, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, he says, he being very form of God, he took on the very nature of a servant. And he gets his disciples and they're sitting down and he brings a towel and he says, I want you to be like me. And so what he does is, I don't know where they took off their shoes and socks, but anyway, <laughs> I'll do that. Thanks for your help, Sadiq. <laughs> but you know what? There are some areas in this country, and let me say it, where there'll be some white people who say, how can you wash a black man's foot? And I say, we are all together in God, and it's my privilege to do it. I want to say to you this. You position Jesus as the first, everything's a privilege. And when he said, I've washed your feet. I've washed your feet. Can you wash? Can you serve others? You see, you can't do that if God's not first. You'll see it as demeaning. You'll see it as, oh, I'm not doing that. But actually, if you can say, God, you're first. Then God can get you to a place where you can serve everybody. And we all struggle. We all struggle. But God wants you to say, are you first in my life? Are you first? Can you serve? Can you be the sort of person that can humble yourself and serve? And it, you know what? I'm doing this publicly Maybe some of you need to kind of wash the feet of somebody and just kind of humble yourself. Maybe today, what, what if I cleared the first two rows and we put some bowls and chairs and some of you just said, well, hey, I just want to, I'll just do that. Some of you won't be appropriate for you. But what I want to say to you, Lord, bless Sadiq, bless everything about his life. Just make it so that his life 
is just prosperous and living in you, Lord. You've redeemed him, Lord. You've given him a great testimony. God, you've taken him from a really dark place and now he's walking in the light. And through the whole of Easter, I pray your blessing upon him. You see, when God says, will you put me first? Will you give your first tithe? Will you do that? He's trying to create faith in you. And then when he says, look, I've shown you an example. I'm about to go to the cross, but I'm washing your feet to show you what I'm like. I want you to become a servant. I want you to be clean. Will you do the same? Because this is what it takes. This is how we love each other.